is King Lou. Mine is capital Q. Bags of mostly water. Search to find my definition. My definition. My definition. My definition is this. My definition. My definition. My definition. My definition is this. My definition. My definition is this. My definition. And we're back. And we're back. And today we are drinking a little uh, Georgian Bay Gin Smash. Yes, it is a, uh, well, I found this drink. Uh, a friend of mine posted it on his Facebook page. I was like, what is this? Then I did my research, and it is the, uh, there was a Toronto Star article that called it the best pre-mixed cocktail that the LCBO has ever had. So I was like, I got to get my hands on this. God damn. And then it became like a summer pursuit. Because every time they would stock it at LCBO, it would sell out immediately. I actually grabbed four cans at the same time as some guy, and we had to like say, okay, I'll take 14, you take 10. But they get cleared off the shelves as soon as they can stock them. It's amazingly... So is this like that Sinbad Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where they're both looking for a toy at Christmas that I can't remember the name of? Uh, was it Arnold Schwarzenegger? I feel like it was Schwarzenegger and Sinbad. I mean, that's possible. Uh, yeah, it's like the Cabbage Patch doll of pre-mixed cocktails at the LCBO. All right. But uh, yeah, I'm a huge fan. It's delicious. It is. It's very refreshing because it's hot as fuck um, today in Toronto. And that's just me sipping. Um, yeah, it's extremely hot. It's like surface of the moon hot. And uh, it's a cool, refreshing, low sugar drink. You know what? That made me happy and sad all at once because complaining about the weather is something Jay and I always did at the beginning of every podcast. Well, I mean... We're like two old men just complaining. There's enough hot weather in Toronto, too. You can complain again. It's not like this is the one hot day. No. but And we did in winter, too. Oh, it's so so cold. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Every podcast began with complaining about the weather. But I don't care because this stuff's delicious and now I'm going to be on the hunt for it, too. Good luck because uh, I have... I've had my heart broken many, many times. I do have, however, 40 cans in my possession, but that's about... Uh, I, had, I actually went to the Summerhill LCBO twice and bought massive quantities there. When it comes into stock, they have 3,000 cans one day. The next day, they have 45 cans. Not a joke. Wow. So it's made by Georgian Bay Spirit Company. Yes, I actually have their... GeorgianBaySpiritCo.com. Uh, yeah, I actually have their... So they make vodka uh, and gin. They have an award-winning vodka and gin. Personally, their gin is really, a lot of juniper. It just tastes like, and smells like pine cone, so I don't like it, but that is the basis of this drink, so I don't know what they did, um, but they did it right, and it's a local business. I think they didn't anticipate um, the success, and so hopefully next summer they will really ramp up production, and this won't be an issue anymore, because honestly, I've been to about 20 different LCBOs. Well, maybe this is the new Rattler. I remember the first summer that Rattlers were available. Yes. You couldn't find them anywhere. There was a run on Rattlers. Now there's yeah. like 20 different companies making Rattlers. Because yeah, I think in the beginning it was a Stiegel that had uh, yes. that had a Rattler. Now Molson is making Rattlers. So, yeah. Uh, Ugh. Boo. The, 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 the bloom is really off the rose on that one. Or off the rose grapefruit. Yeah. Sorry. Ruby red grapefruit? I tried too hard. Yeah. I flew too close to the sun there. Yeah. On wings of gin. Yeah. So... I finally watched Ghostbusters. Yes. And it was funny. In a way, I kind of wish there hadn't been all of the hoopla and drama because I would have just been like, oh, this is a good movie. Yes. This movie would have been a non-issue. If there had been no other Ghostbusters, people would have received it for what it was, which is a an entertaining 
summer movie with four really engaging leads that doesn't, it's not about changing the world. It's not about rewriting history. It's just a really pleasant movie. When I watched it, I was just like, you know what? This movie made me happy. And that's, that's all that I want a movie to do. I mean, I guess it was very close to the plot of the first one, and there were a lot of yeah. But have you seen callbacks? I haven't seen the first one in ages. Like neither have I. But I mean, but basically, this is exactly the same template that they use for Star Wars: The Force Awakens uh, or Jurassic um, World. Yeah, remaking or paying homage to the original is how you tend to kick off a rebooted franchise. So I don't see why that was a problem because I've heard people say, "Well, uh, the cameos were overwhelming." First of all. The cameos were so short, and except for Bill, uh, for Bill Murray, who had sort of more than, he had an extended cameo, it's really just one scene. It's okay to, it's like a, a wink and a nod. Like, I was not put off by the cameos. It didn't pull me out of the movie. It's, I mean, it's, it's Ghostbusters. It's not uh, the movie about the Catholic abuse scandals in the newspaper. Yeah. But it sounds like show dog's a little sad. You know, so yeah, my dog is whining because... We might have to muzzle her. Yeah, I'm going to actually, I might, uh, at the break, I might actually put her in the bedroom. Or maybe she's secretly anti-feminist and hated Ghostbusters. <laughs> we'll have to unpack that, but we're going to take a little break. She's getting grateful. And we're back without your anti-feminist dog. Yeah, she's been locked in a room. Um, I feel marginally bad about it, but I cannot take the whining. You look like you feel guilty. I do feel guilty. She's like a little human being who has a dog suit on. <laughs> All right. But she's really just one of the bad Cylon personalities right now. Yeah, she's like uh, uh, the six who was not, like not the head six, and not the one who was the good one on that ship that one time. She's one of the bad ones who was aligned with that guy. I don't remember anyone's name. No, I don't remember. There was one that was trapped on the ship with uh, Michelle Forbes. The oh, bad ship. oh, that yeah. was... Yeah, she... That was a dark turn. That was very, like, Game of Thrones level, like, lady assault. That was season. she not uh, uh, Michelle Forbes' lover at some point? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, because I remember... Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think that's true, but she was being tortured or something. I need to rewatch it, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. We're spoiling Battlestar Galactica for you. Yeah. So. But this one is not... Uh, my dog is not... Uh, she wasn't abused by a, a deranged uh, Starfleet. She's kicking up enough of fuss well, right Starfleet. now that you would think she is. Yeah, she's, she's whining in the background, but I can barely hear her, so I can ignore her thusly. So yes, the other movie that I think we both saw in the past couple weeks is Star Trek Beyond. Yes, so yes. I, I talked about that. that on Ryan's podcast at some length. So how about you, Cher? Um, Thoughts, I, feelings? I was all in on the movie. I'm not somebody who hated uh, the last outing either, uh, aside from the con bullshit, but I'm not invested in Star Trek the way I am in Star Wars. And even so, I'm not overly invested in Star Wars. It's just my preferred uh, star, long-running um, series. But um, I think they gave all of the cast something to do, even if not a lot to do. Uh, I still feel like Sulu is criminally underused. Um, and her in this movie, too. Um, her lack of connection to Spock really kind of sidelines her from the action. Um, but regardless... Um, I thought that uh, the character of the alien that they found living in the old, uh, in the old Shayla, I think, or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she was amazing, um, and I've heard complaints about the other antagonist in the movie, which is, uh, quite frankly, I was shocked. It took me forty-five minutes to realize that that was Idris Elba, um, and that's, I mean, that's 
before I get off into the weeds, as I tend to do, but I really do have, like, I'm starting to really be irritated by the fact that almost all of our charismatic black actors are covered in prosthetics or are animated characters. Uh, Idris Elba is it never cover him up. And I was just reading an article about the... It's like how I feel about... Lupita. And also Tom Hardy's mouth. Oh, yeah, but don't... Yeah. Don't, have, don't throw don't, a bay mask just, on there. A, don't put a, but, but this is don't throw a metal a, Mad Max cage this is on there. Specifically about actors of color because Zoe yeah. Saldana twice has been unrecognizable uh, in Guardians of the Galaxy. She's and, been green and blue. Yes. <laughs> and Paula Patton in Warcraft, even though I hear it's a good performance, haven't seen the movie, but once again, she is virtually unrecognizable and has uh, prosthetic teeth that make her really, really difficult to, uh, to understand when she's talking. You have Idris, who was a... He was in an animated feature, and he's unrecognizable in this. And then I was just reading an article about the Dark Tower. But at least he didn't have to play a donkey or a... <laughs> yeah. What was the other one? Donkey zebra. or zebra. Yes. Yes. Uh, but Lupita, uh, she was also in Jungle Book, and she was Baz Kanata. So uh, n- never... Except for the movie, um, so 12 Years a Slave and But at least they're getting that easy voice work money. Yeah, but I mean, once again, these are incredibly charismatic actors and they're beautiful, they should be seen. Um, but um, the director of The Dark Tower was talking about um, the fact that uh, uh, the Idris uh, Elba, the character that he's playing is sort of a prototypical gunslinger, meaning he has very few words of dialogue. And once again... Why are you putting him in a movie? Hope, hopefully, praise God, he's using his actual accent. Why would you not let him show his face or use his voice? He's Idris Elba. These are his gifts. So I found it really, really, really irritating. But um, uh, yeah, so uh, back to Star Trek. Um, yeah, no, I... <laughs> wow, that was a tangent. Yeah, what I, do you mean? I let you I know because I, I was drinking that gin smash like a mofo. I know, I swerved. But um, yeah, no, I... I found it to be incredibly enjoyable. It gave me what I want from a summer blockbuster, which is like crazy, crazy action. Justin Lin, I'm not a huge fan of the... Uh, of the Fast uh, or the Furious? Nope, but he is a hell of an action director. And I loved the way that he got his camera into every nook and cranny of that ship. And you actually could understand the geography of, of the ship. Um, he actually said in that advice. interview, he really wanted to make sure that you understood it. Yep. And the yeah. way the camera would like, it would sort of go outside the ship and then go back into another... Through another um, orifice. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was. It was kinetic. The action was good. Uh, the story was. You know, it's Star Trek. It's never going to be, um, you know, like Tolstoy. But uh, no, I really, I really, really enjoyed my two hours. All right. And yeah. I had it in VIP, so I was drinking. Of course. Yeah. As did I. I mean, mm-hmm. come on now. Mm. Come on. You can only do so much. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I liked it. I'm predisposed to like it. I am the audience. I will love pretty much everything. That has happened. Oh, so <laughs> side story. I, I almost forgot this. So sitting in VIP and um, one expects a certain class of companion in VIP. So I'm sitting in the movie and there's this uh, guy who's sitting like two seats away from me. And he, and it started out as mildly amusing. Uh, so the trailers started and there were, uh, there were uh, honestly, there were about seven trailers uh, ahead of the movie and mostly for just terrible looking sci-fi movies. So I don't remember exactly what movies he was he was complaining about, but uh, he saw a trailer that he uh, disagreed with. So he y- yelled out, uh, like, I think it was something like, try again, Hollywood, or no, n- Hollywood, no. <laughs> so he yelled that and everyone kind of giggled. 
And then a couple of trailers later, the same thing except louder. Hollywood, no. At which point I'm like, okay, I can't have him vocalizing during my film. And then finally, there was, although I kind of agreed with his assessment, it was the trailer for the new Triple um, X movie. Is, is that oh, what it's called? Sorry. Yes. And then he yelled louder than he had before, this didn't work the first time. At which point I turned and said, listen, calm down. Um, and then my friend, um, he's like, do you want me to, to change seats with you? I'm like, no, no, I can handle it. Uh, but there was no more vocalizing from this guy during the movie. But yeah, he was giving his, um, he was going all in on his, uh, um, his review of the trailers. Yes, on his feelings. And yes, that's right. Triple X did not work the first time. Xander Cage is no, he is no even Dominic Toretto. But um, the guy was so, it was so disruptive. And it's like, yeah, you don't like it. That's fine. Like, I don't really need to know your opinion on it. I like how we circle back to be Fast and the Furious. Oh, yeah. So I mean, Star yeah. Trek adjacent there. Yes, yes. Yeah. Too and, fast, too fast. And that, that motorcycle nonsense, that was also very F and F. Yeah. Uh, it was, I mean, I guess I was okay with it because in the first movie, we saw Captain Kirk riding a motorcycle through the fields of Kansas. Yes. So, so there were lots of callbacks. Yeah. So I, that made sense. We've already established it's canon that Kirk can ride a motorcycle, so I was okay with that. And that he's into um, sabotage. Yeah, and chicks who have different... Actually, no, they did not make him... They didn't give him a... There was no random green lady. There was no Eve or Alice Eve. He didn't have a love interest in this movie. No, no. You do get to see uh, Anton Gelchin uh, being a bit of a cad in the, in the montage when he's talking about how life in space for three years has become a bit episodic. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, Simon Pegg. Yeah, uh, so I, it's... it's I mean, I do find Chris Pine to be rather handsome. And, I mean, here's the thing. People are like, uh, you know, Kirk always has a lady, and then you have the Spock and her relationship. But I've always had a raging lady heart on for Carl Urban. Oh, who, yes. Who gets, like, maybe in the first movie, maybe he got some, or but it was like, but his, we don't know anything about his personal life at well, all. Well, we know his wife. Got everything in the divorce, and all she left him was his bones. What? Yeah. So in the 2009... What bones? You mean like a skeleton? Yeah. Is this stuff he gets his name? Yeah. Okay, so explain it. I, so I, 2009 I Star Trek, Kirk sits down next to Bones, yeah. and, you know, he's kind of... They're both explaining, like, how did you end up here in, in his intro? Right. He's, you know, well, I figured I may as well go into, you know, the desolate whatever that is space, because, <laughs> you know... Wife left me, took everything in the divorce. All she left was my bones. Oh, and and uh, then later on, you see that he's calling him bones. I do. I did not remember. When, did you just watch this recently? Again? No, I just have watched it that many times. Okay, so then uh, <laughs> dovetailing back to Battlestar Galactica, do you know who Carl Urban is dating? No, Trisha uh, Helfer. No, no, uh, uh, Starbuck herself. No. Yeah. Uh, Tara Threes? Yes. Uh, he's dating Katie Sackhoff. Or Good at least, Lord. Or at least he was up until, you know, last time. I mean, I'm not, I don't follow him on Twitter or anything. What a baller couple. Yes. Uh, so he is divorced and he has two kids, but they are all in. I, I don't know. I think they probably live in LA and split their time between LA and New Zealand. But yeah, they were, they were hot and heavy um, at least a year ago, which is uh, when I heard that, I was like, oh my God, it actually made me really happy for That's some my reason. dream couple. Yeah. Like yeah. it's perfect. That's up there with like Joe Hot Abs and uh, Sophia. Oh, Vergara. Sophia. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah, basically cartoon characters that are meant to be together. Yeah. Except uh, uh, Urban and, uh, and, and Sackoff are more like real people. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, so that made me very happy. But actually, yeah, I really, really like Carl Urban, and he's never been a star, which is really too bad because he's so charismatic. I love him, but um, he's not. Uh, I, I feel like if you're a Kiwi, uh, well, you have Lucy Lawless, and you have um, the guy who's on uh, Fear the Walking Dead. Um, but Kiwis don't become stars like Australians do. Is it hard out there for a Kiwi? Discuss. I mean, director's side, I guess, is okay. Well, Looking at you, Peter Jackson. Yeah, and there's Taika Waititi. But once again, this is, I mean, Peter Jackson is probably the, the biggest New Zealand director. But we have a lot of famous Australian directors. And certainly, I mean, you probably can't think of a network TV show that doesn't have at least one Australian on it. Yeah, and you don't know they're Australian. They're even more undercover than the Brits. No, I mean, even, uh, so on the 100, there's like two, there are three Australians in that cast. If you count Alicia Debnam Carey, uh, who was pretty much a series regular, even though she wasn't really a regular. Um, but uh, Eliza Taylor, Bob Morley, and Alicia Debnam Carey are all uh, young Australians, and you would not know it. Interesting. It is. I was watching the panel for iZombie, and the guy who plays Clyde, he mentioned that he got into the 100 and just like watched a couple seasons over a weekend. Love the show. So good. Yeah. Baby Battlestar. Really? Yes, it is that good. The thing is, I watched the first couple episodes, and I just couldn't get into it. So No, it, it's, um, so, I mean, it's a CW show, so um, it, it leans very heavily on the good looks. Young and, and unreasonably attractive. Yes, and, you know, you have, uh, basically, in the first episode, uh, these 100 kids are sent down to Earth to see if it's um, habitable, and uh, they sort of lean on, you know, the love affairs and how attractive these kids are. Um, but uh, it becomes way more than that, and um, it's one of the few shows where they integrate... So the characters are essentially teenagers, although they've, you know, they've grown up in, in space, so you have to accept the fact that they're more mature than most teenagers. Um, but the balance between the kids and the adults is really quite interesting because in the world of the show, because the kids, um, they've been to Earth longer... They have dealt with the inhospitable climate on Earth longer. They are the leaders, and the adults, in most cases, have to end up deferring to them. Like, the kids are not, like, uh, Clark the lead doesn't ask her mother's permission. Um, so it's, I'm really a huge fan of The 100. I think it's probably one of the best shows on, on network, easily. And it's one of the best sci-fi shows on TV right now. Even though they keep killing people that people like? You know, um, yeah, but that's the stakes on the show. But I feel like if Twitter had been around when Joss did some of the things he did on Buffy, there'd be an equal amount of uproar. Yeah, I mean, the leaning into the to, to the lesbians must die trope it was unfortunate because it's a very popular character, and she really was the best character on the show. Um, and once her love affair, once her same-sex love affair was consummated, she died the same episode, and she didn't go out like a warrior, and it was a huge tone-deaf mistake in the way that the show creator danced around the issue um, was really, really annoying. But the show is still incredibly good. And, you know, every, every show makes mistakes with characterizations and plot. It's just unfortunate that uh, they went, uh, they actually sought out a, um, a young uh, uh, LGBTQ audience. Um, and they, they uh, went on social media and they solicited 
these audiences and said that here's a character for you. And then they screwed them. Yeah, and it was a bait and switch, and it was very hurtful to a lot of people. So I understand that. Um, as a as a TV viewer, I was like, Ugh, like I've seen this scenario play out a million times. I wish if she had to die, have them consummate their relationship ten episodes before she dies. Yeah. Or yeah, let them smash a few times. Let, or, yeah. Have, you know, cuddle time. Or don't do it at all. Yeah. Uh, have it be something that never got, that never came to fruition. Um, so I, I was a little bit disappointed in that, but I still absolutely love the show. All right. Well, I think we need to take a break, mostly because I need another drink. And I think Show Dog is losing her damn mind in the next room. Yeah, I can hear the, the howling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're well, not talking about Teen Wolf here. Well, hopefully it's not being picked up. Yeah, hopefully it's not, but whatever. I need another drink. Okay. We'll be back. And we're back? Yes, Dog is still... Kicking still, up a fuss? Yeah, she's, uh, she's now, uh, I think it's what they call a plaintive whale. Yes, yes, she is. But I'm ignoring it. And what we are going to do is talk a little bit about the film festival, since that's kind of the point of this whole mess. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I found this Tumblr called uh, Fuck Yeah Women Film Directors... Uh, tumblr.com and they have a post that actually has a list of the female directed films from the first uh, burst of announcements yeah so I actually noticed on the official TIFF site uh, and finding the list of films was annoying and it was counterintuitive and also the way that the films are listed is stupid in my opinion Um, no and so it's just sticking to tofilmfest.ca shout out to you Greg and Donna for still having the only site I can use to find some goddamn movies yeah it's just it's uh, but um, I noticed that in the when you click on an individual movie one of so all the movies are tagged and one of the tags is female directors so TIFF gets it at least I think they think they yeah. get it so you can I'm sure on the official site if you click on uh, female directors you will get all the films that have female directors except the number of clicks to get to that click is Balls deep, and there's no intuitive way to find that. Well, yeah, I mean, I would think that if I went to the main page of the festival, which is ramping up, and is it's you know where where you know they have a countdown clock to when the festival starts, it's really difficult to find. Yeah, that countdown list clock of films. is like the whole page. It's not like you know the top half of the fold or whatever. It's the whole page, and you scroll down, and it's like. Where do I go? Just tell me how to like and actually, give you my money yes. and how do I get to where the movies are. And when you click on, actually if you go to the official site, if you click on uh, someplace, it says list of films. You click on the list of films. It does not take you to a list of films. It takes you to a page where I think it says discover and you have to actually click on another tab in order to find a list of films which makes zero sense to me. So, yeah, so from right here, if you just go to, to tiff.net and you click on festivals, so this is, this is my journey. So I clicked on festivals and I clicked on TIFF. And, okay, so see where it says explore the films? So click on that. Okay, so... Uh, oh, I watched the trailer for uh, Baraka Meets, meets Baraka. Baraka. Okay, this is making a fool out of me because when I clicked... Because they called it a Saudi Arabian rom-com. Yes, I saw that. Um, yeah, so when I where I clicked from and maybe it's a cookie but so see where it says that festival yeah hit that drop down so when I got to the page it did not say at festival it said on the season that was the first so I and I it was unclear to me how well, this has even changed today and you know the click that you said to click this and then click tiff yeah I didn't even I saw that menu and I was like how do I just tell me festival. Just tell me whatever. Yes. So, so, maybe, so for somebody to see TIFF, it's not even intuitive to know that's what you click to get to like this page. And that's the thing too. So uh, here we go. 
So Toronto International Film Festival is a 10-day event that happens every year. Why they've chosen to call the website for everything around the TIFF Bell Lightbox, TIFF.net, is it makes no sense to me. So once you get to the site, you have to find out information about the festival. It's not, it's not clear that this isn't all about the festival, but you see... And I, actually, I'm sure when I first clicked on the um, sort of list of all films, it told me what was playing at TIFF now. And it had a, a calendar of things that were playing in August. And I was like, well, where, how do I find the stuff that's for the film festival? And, I mean, this site's been around for a real long time. This has always been a problem. They need to, in my opinion, they need to have a separate domain for, for TIFF and a separate domain for TIFF Bell Lightbox, but they don't. These tags don't appear to be working. Oh, do they not? You can't click on them? Right now, they're not working. So oh, I'm in the Nick Cannon Joyce. Yes, that's on my King list. King of the Dance Hall. Yeah, let's, uh, well, well, we'll save that. We'll, we'll save the surprise. And there's tags yes. of film. Black and African diaspora. You may remember that term from Planet Africa. Thank you. Yep. Back on that Planet Africa tip. Yeah. I'm looking at you, Cameron. Maxine, girl, I know you're there. You're, you're for us. For us, by us. So when you click on these links, nothing happens. Nothing's happening. Like, I hover over them. I get the little hand, but, like, and maybe that's, like, oh, nothing's happening. No, that's, like, the default Mac thing of, like, looking up the word. Oh. Well, but you yeah, know, I like feel like this... Uh, but maybe if I go to a different type of movie that actually has more things that are like it, maybe there's actually literally only one. But no. No, no, no. Because no. Birth of a Nation should also... Yeah, see, that should have come up in the... Yeah. Yeah, nothing's happening. And maybe this site is not ready for prime time because... No. Uh, it uh, says beta at the top Yes, I, yes, yes. And my navigation uh, today was, I was like, where am I? This isn't... It did not take me where I wanted to be. But yes, now that we're on the site and yeah. trying to filter by things like, you know, genre, social change, yes. in the case of Birth of a Nation. Or <laughs> social change, I love it. It looks like at some point this may work. Will this work in time, time for, for the festival? To, no. To prep my list of, you know, 30 plus films? Probably not. This if you year, want to go in October and see what movies you saw. The addition of a new work. site for the searching part and a new... Ticketing? Ticketing system. I'm, I've never been more scared, honestly. Like, I feel like this is the year that I... Kill will yourself. have the most failure. Like, and I pay yeah. the membership so that I can mm -hmm. get my advanced window. But then I also think, you know what, those years where the system was incredibly broken, like the last year of the manual life yeah. screw up of the four hours waiting in the sun, that was the year that I think I saw some of my favorite movies that were not even second choices, they were third choices that I ended up seeing because like I couldn't see anything else. Yeah, I mean, so maybe I'll ha I'll catch a few surprises this I mean, year. I mean, you will never it's not be so fucked up. You will never not see a movie and you're right like uh, cuz we're going to get to our our list of things that we're looking forward to seeing this year, but I've had um, occasions where I couldn't see a movie that I wanted and really just done a Hail Mary pass because I don't have any time. All I have is that little thin book that has the schedule in it and the names of the movies and very little else. And I've made a couple of Hail Marys where I'm just like, oh God, this fits in my schedule. Like I will pick the first movie that I have a free slot for. And that uh, at times has turned out to be a really smart thing to do. It's almost like one year I should just do like a completely random or let, no, God, I'm not going to let Tiff do the picking for me because that is a curated pick. No. But I would no. like just like a big roulette wheel of all the movies that are playing and just say, here, uh, pick me 20 movies at random, like have some sort of algorithm and see how that works out compared to my own, my own choices based on uh, a whole bunch of factors that, you know, sometimes work and sometimes don't. 
Wow. This Birth of a Nation Twitter feed is no joke. I feel more woke just scrolling through it. Yeah, I... This is not for the faint of heart, man. If you want to follow at Nat Turner Film, that is at Nat Turner Film on Twitter, be prepared to be woke. Oh, yeah, this is... uh, Well, I don't know about the Jeopardy thing. I'm going to have to get into this... Um, Oh, off, it's a it's off, a off birth line. of a nation uh, Jeopardy question. Oh, fantastic! On, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, this and uh, the, the controversial poster, which ugh, I mean, it's I've first of all, this is a fantastic image. This is amazing. I'm looking at you, Bill Riley, with your well-fed and clothed comment. This is so. Uh, for those who don't know, the there is a uh, there's some um, some film art that has um, so it's Nat Turner who's played by this is so confusing Nate Parker playing Nat Turner. Um, he is just a black and white photo, just a headshot, but he's wearing a noose and the noose is the American flag. I and mean, it's an incredibly powerful image. It's almost iconic, even though it is a new image. Um, but there was a, a furor when this. Uh, image came out. Some people are like, uh, well, I mean, some people just refuse to uh, confront America's racist past, but they're and present, uh, yeah, and future. Uh, but there's also a whole school of people who all they care about is the desecration of the flag, and they see any use of the flag that isn't, you know, flying at full staff or half staff as a desecration. But this image is incredible, and it evokes so much, and it says so much. There's no words; it's just an image. It's amazing. I, I this is like one of the best. Um, uh, movie posters I've ever seen. Yeah. Whoever is in charge of the marketing of this, and I'm sure considering he's the director and, and writer star, and star, yeah. I'm sure he had a lot of input. Yes. Like this is... And this isn't a big budget and movie, I don't, so I'm sure his fingers are in every, every piece of this part. And in no way am I comparing him to what Ryan Reynolds did with Deadpool, but to a certain extent when the creator, one of the people who helps bring things to the screen, is so involved in everything from end to end, including the marketing, that's where you get that traction. Because they could have used a million images that would have been like, ah, it's just another slave movie. Yeah, that, yeah. But this is getting people talking about that hadn't heard about it. Like, I'd heard about this movie the minute, yeah. you know, all of the Sundance stuff happened. Yeah. You know, it sold already. Mm-hmm. So it would be nice if there was like some huge Toronto movie announcement. at, at, uh, at yeah, Sundance 17.5 million? Yeah. Like, ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. I'm so excited. But like, now... People who maybe will never see this movie have heard about it. So, yeah. And that's how you generate buzz, unfortunately. I mean, let's learn from certain politicians that you know, say things to offend. You get the attention, yeah. you get the eyes, but then you also get the eyes that might actually see it and want to see it. Yeah. So, you know, good for you. Marketing, when it's done well, it's great. But yeah, yeah, this... this yeah, this Twitter feed, not for the faint of heart. I'm following, but I might need to unfollow if I'm, like, feeling a little too woke one day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you might, need a, you might need a nap. I might need a bit of a nap. But, yes, so of the good of the movie listings, which you can finally find them, um, yeah. nice big fat title. God, Godspeed. Um, you get your running time right at the top. I do like that, although I always struggle with this. Do I want running time in minutes or do I want it in hour and minutes? I want it in hours and minutes. Me I, too. I don't like doing math. It's really incredibly And hard. I always have to do math. Yeah, that's why Tiffer is great because Tiffer, it translates it. these yeah. into like normal people speak but yeah, like 147 minutes. Like, oh, so this is a two hour movie. Times two. This is a yeah. two hour movie. Yeah. Um, hours and minutes is better. Uh, the trailer is embedded right there. And also the, there was not one of these Thank God they've they've sort of um, steered away from their bloviating, uh, ridiculous uh, synopsis of what the movie is about. So many, and actually, in the past, the more 
purple the prose, the worse the movie was. But now it really is just a slug line. Oh, but there will be more later. Ugh. No, but I need that. I need to, that to decipher if they... I don't. It's, it's, you know why? Back in the day when you had the book and you relied on the book, a lot of these films had... I still buy the book. They were world premieres. But, but my point is, you can still buy the book. It's a great keepsake. But in the era of the internet, I don't need the, some TIFF person's... Because um, it's the movie that they've gotten into the festival, so they tend to pump it up. Uh, I'd rather see an unbiased description of it somewhere else on the internet so I don't need to read four paragraphs of nonsense about a movie. I don't read all four all, all the time, but sometimes it helps me make some of those decisions when I'm trying to figure out if it might be garbage. What I do like in the additional credits, you get your director, your... Uh, I don't necessarily need the executive producer in the part that you can see without having to expand. That could be buried yes. with the other And not above the cast. It should be director yeah. and cast. I don't need executive producer and producer before cinematographer or cast. That's dumb. No. Director, cast, producer, cinematographer, and executive producer then you expand, is how I would go. And then you that's can see go. if it has distribution already. Yeah. So that's the other thing, like when I'm deciding between a couple and movies, I, and if something on. has can, distribution or not, sometimes you I go for the one that, that doesn't. Yeah, you can collapse that. No, I mean, can you collapse that now? So screenplay, so the writer is not is collapsed, but the executive producer, that's ridiculous. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna rejigger it and say director, writer, cast, produce. Uh, yeah, cast and then producer. The the writer is essential to you this know, I'll, piece. I'll even keep cinematographer. Yeah, that's fine, but I wouldn't put uh, cinematographer. I, I could put EP there and not in producer below the expansion area. But not below screenplay. Yeah. If it's not on the page, it's not on the stage. What? I love it. I did not come up with that. That's an old axiom. But yes, once again, there's nice big juicy picture. And of course, yeah. ever since they started having the more digital approach, um, now what you have on the site, which you don't have in the program book, is you have... Usually three or four or five images or stills that sort of happen in either a carousel or what's happening here is like an automatic fade in and out. Yeah. Whereas in the program book, you just get the one picture. I'm betting in the program book, it'll be the, you know, sort of screaming charge faces. But I do like that you get more than one mood when you get the sort of collage fade in and out, like different pictures. So I... I like that part. You know, it's always a work in progress. Um, this producer nonsense being like before the expansion, I feel like that's perhaps a bit of pandering. Yeah, because uh, to the money, a, it's to the money, money people. Yeah. yeah, but hey, it it's still easier to read than it was before. Um, I'm wondering how this will look on a device. You're looking at it now on a laptop. What's it saying to you? I'm looking at it on an iPad. Oh yeah, uh, it looks uh, so. Uh, the site is. Um, it's responsive, so it looks the same on a iPad in portrait and landscape. Yeah, it looks good on a phone. It, it looks, looks good. good on a phone. A lot better than their first attempt to go sort of semi-responsive. Yeah, no, I... And I, I like that it's uh, the image isn't... When they did that first cut, the image took up so much space so much before room, you yeah. scrolled. Now the images are quite a bit smaller, so you can actually see before you start to scroll... Um, Probably the title on an iPhone 6, maybe not on a 5. Uh, well, there still is a no, bit too I, much white space between the bottom of the picture and like 
I don't need this Festival 2016 special presentations. Like, even if it just said special presentations, presentations or there was some sort of logo or color treatment to let me know that's that program, you could have saved some space there. But this, I almost like the mobile view of this better than the desktop view. Yeah, Festival 2016 is ridiculous. What else do people yeah, think They need to tighten up. At? There's a lot of extra white space yeah. here. But I feel like that's stuff that will get cleaned up uh, during this beta phase. And the uh, the tags don't work on a mobile device either. So. Yeah. Um, and also, strangely enough, I almost feel like uh, they should have a special... So there's a... TIFF has... It's basically a parallel festival. There is a festival for the public, and then there is interesting press screenings. Um, but here on the page, they have... Um, it says access press materials. If you press that link, it requires you to authenticate, um, which I think is a bit odd, but regardless. Yeah, uh, and you should just be able to sign in with your press credentials, and then that button's visible for you. If it, you aren't yes. press, then it's just not there. And it's also right below the trailer. It's above uh, the credits. Yeah. So to to place it there and to not have uh, to not be able to access what's behind that is poor design, in my opinion. But still better. I yeah, yeah. Say I mean, we're we're getting there. This is, you know, the order hierarchy of qualitative, quantitative information, all of that. Like that can be tweaked. It might not be because I'm sure the producers love that their names are visible oh, yeah. while the writer's name isn't. To all you writers out there, much love. Sorry, but yeah, it, it it's getting better. So, did you put together a list of things that you're looking forward to? Or, uh, I, I or did. I haven't done a full like written list yet. I mean, I, I'm really into loving. I, I love uh, Mr. Edgerton. I love loving. Love loving. Love Edgerton. Love that Ruth nega. <laughs> Just be careful. That's how racist. You say her name. Um, yeah. Uh, I actually. Um, you have a pre list already? Yeah, because I had a lot of time on my hands today. Uh, but it actually helped me shape. Uh, so I have a an approach, but. I kind of came up with a taxonomy. Um, so my list is, I'm, I'm not going to go through everything. Uh, or maybe I will, who knows. Um, but, um, so I went, to, so not all the movies have been announced, but a fair amount of them have, and special presentations and galas, I think the list is complete. Um, so I put together a list of things that at first sight appealed to me. Um, my criteria was no galas, because I can never get to see a gala, nor do I want to. All of these movies for the most part, uh, will be in wide release, um, most of them before the end of the year. Um, but I, I would watch a third screening of Loving, even though it's in the gala program. But this is just my criteria. Yeah, for, I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, and actually, and talking about Loving, so there's actually, there was an HBO documentary a couple of years ago called The Loving Story, which uh, was, um, so they used archival footage of The Lovings. Uh, and it was interesting because and I'm sort of really interested in the approach that the filmmakers take because the real-life people were so low-key. They were so... Like, it did not seem a a love affair based on passion. So I'm wondering how Joel Edgerton and Ruth Nega are going to approach those characters and whether or not they've seen the documentary because the real subjects were so so reserved and so quiet. But maybe they were reserved and quiet in public or when they were having their picture taken because of who they were and where they were. Right, but they were also, um, it's not just, like it's not a um, a Ken Burns uh, documentary where you have pictures, you actually have film footage of them talking, there's extensive footage of them together and at home. Um, so it's, I'm just, uh, 
and I thought that was interesting, but I felt like something was missing. So I'm, I'm wondering if this is going to um, paint a picture um, that's different than the one that we saw in the documentary. Uh, but anyway, so, so I had n no galas, no wavelengths, which is some TIFF nonsense, where there's one, it's, I think it might be five minutes, but it is literally, I read the description and I almost barfed. It basically is a five minute shot of a sheet blowing in the wind and it's meant to evoke sand in the Sahara Desert. This is a nonsense that I can't, I can't with. So basically I'm like Vincent D'Onofrio in season one of, what's uh, his name? Uh, well, I don't Blind, know. Blind, uh, Marvel. Is this, a, oh, uh, yeah. yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Uh, he is. Yeah, uh, I'm staring at the white painting on the wall. He was Ben Affleck. Yes, Daredevil. Daredevil. Jesus. Yes. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry, nerds. Yeah, just just nonsense. It's, um, it's not that I'm not a nerd. It's just that I'm drunk. Uh, so no galas, no wavelengths, no shorts, and no bullshit. So if I saw a description and I went, it's so this is just my my way of eliminating things that. I might have gone, mm, that seems interesting. And then so, I was like, no. So what's your thoughts on Canada? Because before you had a hard no, no Canada stance. No, no, it's okay. I still have a hard no Canada stance. So there's a list but of Canadian movies. my internship in Canada last year was so good. Well, okay. I have, I have one exception to, to the rule. Uh, French Canada? No, English Canada. Um, so friend of the podcast, Floyd Kane, has a film. In oh, the so if Floyd has a film, you'll see it? Yes. He okay. is a, so he, um, I mean, it's called Gina the Joneses. Oh my God! Floyd has a film. Yeah, that's what I just said. I'm I'm excited. Yeah, so he's a producer. So so go back to my list. So my list is, um, I just closed my list. Um, so like I said, I had some time in my hands, and I realized that I have um, a certain set of criteria for choosing films. So I broke it down. So the first one is by subject matter. So if I see something that this this the idea of the film seems interesting to me, uh, and then by filmmaker, and uh, by actor, and then by word of mouth. So I put uh, Gina the Jones in the filmmaker category because one of the producers is a good friend of mine. So I'm going to go see this movie. A good friend of the podcast. Uh, yes, friend of the podcast. Um, but um, I'm pretty sure I get a free ticket for that. Um, Do so, I? Oh, well, you're just going to have to see. I think he could probably hook you up, though. All right. Hook a sister up, Floyd. Yep. Uh, so I'm just going to start rolling. I'm going to be very brief. Oh, and it's directed by a woman? Yes. What? Yes. And uh, uh, the cast is, it's a, it's a proper cast. It is. Oh, Sherry Shepard. is a producer. Erica Ash. Nice. Michelle Hurst. What? Who is, uh, she. Gloria Rubin. Yes. You may remember her from the AIDS storyline on ER. And Michelle Hurst, who you remember from the first season uh, of Orange is the New Black. She actually had a car accident and uh, a, they actually were soliciting money for her. She was seriously injured, but I think she's bounced back. Wow. Yeah, this looks good. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. Uh, and it's great. What? Yeah, yeah. Look at the photo. Like, that's a great cast photo. Oh, my God. That is everything. Yes, so I'm definitely Sherry seeing that. Sherry Shepard looks, has never looked better. No, she has not. Well, not since she was... Uh, She's giving me a real, like, the, the Octavia of, there. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sherry Shepard doing her best Octavia yes. impression. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Look at the hair on those children. I've seen this child in another movie. I don't know who that child is. Yeah. Uh, oh my God, she was really good in whatever movie I saw her in. Yeah. So I'm. Um, uh, you know, we could probably bring Floyd. But I'm, he's dying to get in. So yes. No, we'll get. I, Floyd I in think to talk he's an easy this. get. Yeah. yeah. We'll we'll, yeah. we'll hype this up well before selection day. Yes. And uh, yeah. So um, and in this movie, actually, they went to uh, to South by with this movie as well. 
Um, so very briefly by subject matter. So there's th three movies. One is called Mostly Sunny, which it's fascinating. So uh, I've highlighted the words in the description of the movie from the Chef website that made me peak my, that piqued my interest. So Mostly Sunny is a movie about a porn actress turned Bollywood starlet. This sounds amazing already. Yes, that's so that's you, it. That's all you need. So you see what I've done? It's highlighted and it's in green. Yeah. This is all I need to know about this movie. Yeah. Nothing. I mean, it's and it's sold. It's, yes, and it's a documentary. It's this is a true. It's not a. It is not a piece of fiction. This is real. What? Yes. And and like the the very fact that she is a legitimate Bollywood actress is like it blows my mind. Just the cultural. I think there's a lot to unpack in this movie. So um, I'm in. Uh, the second one is a movie called Barry, which is a biopic about. Oh uh, yeah, we're all we're all very yeah, excited about that. A, a young Barack Obama in in New York as a college student. A very important year in his life. Yes. Like if you were an evil racist time traveler, this would be the year you'd <laughs> want to like fuck go back with and him. kill him. Well, not kill him, but you'd fuck with him in some way that would make him like become. Oh, maybe angel like, him or something. Yeah. Yes. Like or, bad, yeah. like Chicago yes. criminal versus you know, heading for Harvard Law School. Uh, and then the other one is a movie called Orphan. Uh, it is uh, Gemma Arterton, Adele Exocopolis, uh, and Sergei Lopez. It's a new film from French director Arnaud de Palier, and it's a narratively fractured portrait of a young woman who is portrayed by a succession of different actors through the course of the film. Okay, I'll and all the actors right have now? different names. The, all the, all the, the roles. The phrase "narratively fractured portrait" would make me steer away from that one. See, here's the thing: I saw it and I was like, hmm. This that smells like a Pierce pick. I've made mistakes before, but I when I when I read that, I was like, "Hmm, sounds interesting." Uh, and it kind of reminds me of the Todd Solon's movie Palindrome, where you had a bunch of incredibly diverse actresses playing the same character, and it was it was amazing. Hold the fuck up! Where yeah. is the programmer? Are they not? Yeah, putting no, that no, yet? no, they're not there. What, what, what? Because I know that but you how, pick how, by programmers. I pick by Jane. Yeah, but but uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I noticed that. Uh, yeah. So you're going to have to, and maybe that comes later, but you're going to have to, uh, maybe it's in the book, but yeah, don't ask me why it's not there. I'm sorry. We're going to get back in your list. Yep. I need more alcohol. You need to rant? I need uh, to tweet at Jane, how do I know which movies you pick? You can, yeah, you can. And we'll be back. Okay. Oh, and I need some power. Yeah. All right. We will be back. I, I'm super concerned right now. I'm, I'm like, yeah, so I meant concerned. to bring. Yeah. I, I meant to bring that up. I knew that would be a beef. With yeah, me. yeah. No, I'll need some alcohol to like wash you down are, this okay. like level of. Panic. Well, we're out of ice, so you're gonna have to have yeah. some sort of thing in a can. We'll be back soon. Okay, message. And we are back. And we are black. Nice. Have I never said that before? Honestly, we should do that all the time. <laughs> okay, that'll be okay. You say, uh, and we're back, and I'll say, and we're black. Yeah. Okay, I love it. Okay, yeah. That's going to be the title of today's episode. Okay. It, this is good. Everyone is seeing behind the curtain and yeah. the process. But behind the, the waterfall where the how, sausage is made and this delicious. Is, this is how catchphrases are, are, are born. Yes. Swell. At okay. drink number four. Yeah. <laughs> Gypsy tears for you. No, it's not. A little uh, Thornberry cider. I'm still cider. on drink number three. Well, three yeah. of this part of the day. Yeah. But you had way more beer in the pre-round than I did. I wouldn't say way more. I'd say it was 60-40. Okay. Nonetheless. 60 of a 40? <laughs> I will be catching up very soon as I'm, even though I'm drinking, I'm parched. It's really hot here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm just, I'm, I have to maintain my, my moisture. Like I wouldn't be, I need to be 97% moisture at all times. In the words of Dream Warriors, bags of mostly water, search to find my definition. 
Oh, yeah, the and uh, the TV show Definition with a Alex. Was it Alex Trebek who hosted Definition? Or I don't it, think so. Or was it Jim Perry? It was one of those two. Well, and it was a terrible Canadian uh, game show from the uh, 70s and 80s. I'll try to put a link in the show notes. I oh my god, you gave me so much work last week. We mentioned so many things. <laughs> In the show notes, I was like, look to this, look to that, look to this, look to that. Show enough show notes. Show enough show notes. All right. So we're back to how the picking gets plucked. Yeah. So uh, when we've made an audible uh, call, so I'm going to do half my list. Um, so they said I've gone by subject matter, by filmmaker, by actor, and by word of mouth. So I've already done by subject matter, and then I'm going to do by filmmaker, and we'll leave the second half of my picks and P's picks until next time. Um, Amy Adams, Jake Gyllenhaal, and Army Hammer. Well, yes, you're picking that by filmmaker because I would not have picked that yes, combination of people. Tom Ford, it's his long-awaited follow-up to A Single Man. So Which I'm, I'm to see this. still mad I didn't pick that movie. Yes, yeah, so this movie is called Nocturnal Animals, um, and uh, so that's on my list. Um, and then Mascot, which is... Um, Christopher Guest's uh, first feature film since For Your Consideration. Um, he's His only directing credits since then have been the 84th Academy Awards and the TV show Family Tree, and I think he was a producer of that. Sorry, I'm laughing because Show Dog is losing her mind right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's barking. She's loud enough to be heard this time. Well, uh, <laughs> I can't kill her. <laughs> um, Are you sure? Yeah, next time we're going to... I will... I, you know, this is a great setup, but uh, there's... There's some issues. I mean, we could always... Can we get a dog walker? Well, what we could do, you know, if, if we pause right now, if she sits on my lap, she will not make a sound. All right. I can commit to that. Okay, we'll do that. Okay. We're going to pause so that show dog can chill the fuck out. Hold on. And we're back. And we're black. Bitches, am I right? <laughs> Word. Show dog is really, really giving it to us tonight. Yeah, so I had to let her out of her cell, and now she's sitting on my lap. So she will probably be very quiet now that she's really close to the center of the action. Probably not. Yeah, we hate her. Yeah, but she's adorable. So back to how the picking gets plucked. Yes. Um, so yeah, so we left off at Mascot. Uh, so the description of this movie, I'm, I have to read this because it sounds hilarious. So director Christopher Guest and members of his beloved stock company, I'm not going to tell you who they are, um, usher us into the high-stakes world of professional sports mascots who are engaged in a cutthroat competition for the annual Gold Fluffy Award. So how can I not be all in on that? Uh, and then my next pick is The Salesman, which is uh, by this uh, fantastic Iranian director named Oscar Fahadi. Uh, he made the movie A Separation, which I absolutely loved, about an Iranian couple who were getting a divorce. In did Mar- that not win an Academy Award? Yeah, yeah, it did I for Best Foreign Film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, so he makes movies that are slices of life of modern day um, Iran. Then a movie called The Past, um, which is a French movie, um, which I didn't love, but I liked. Uh, and they also made another movie called About Ellie, which is about the disappearance of a of a young woman when she was away for the weekend with her with her friends. Haven't seen it yet, but I've heard really good things about it. So this is based purely on uh, on the director. Um, next is a movie called The Commune, which is by Thomas Vinterberg, uh, who directed. Oh that, yeah, yeah, that, I watched the trailer for that one. Um, and I love this guy. So he was part of the Dogma 95 movement. He's a Danish director. And uh, the celebration is one of the most uncomfortable, uh, terrifying movies about human behavior that I've ever seen. Um, and I love his, his filmmaking. So this is a movie about uh, a couple in 70s Denmark who decide to live in a commune with other people. And I don't know if it's a comedy or if it's not, 
but the fact that it's Danish means that if it's a comedy, it won't be funny. And if it's a drama, it'll probably be funny. And I will allow my rule of, if I'm choosing between new, two movies and one movie has all white people yep. and one movie has at least anything else from anywhere else, for the Danes... I will allow that rule to slide because, well, anywhere sort of Icelandic, whatever. If you're from a part of the world where there's only one thing, I'll let you slide on that. Whereas for the Christopher Guest, yes, yeah. I get these are your homeboys and you've been working them forever, but <laughs> do you have you not made a black friend in the past 30 years, Christopher Guest? And I just found out today that Christopher Guest is actually a baron. He actually, he's Baron Hayden Guest. He, uh, Jesus. Yeah, so... Uh, so talk about white so privilege. Really doubling down on it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, in defense of Thomas Vinterberg, there was a black man in Festin, the celebration. He was not treated particularly well by the Danish people, but he was uh, the eldest daughter of the family had a black boyfriend. But at least he gave her brother a job. Oh, yeah. No, it was... Uh, it's actually fascinating to see a betrayal of... Uh, and I believe he was an American, I think. Um to see the portrayal of a African-American character through a Danish lens, which is something that we never, ever, ever see. Um, it's actually t- a TV show that's called Modus, which is about a murder, <laughs> what a surprise, in a Scandinavian country. There's like, it's, it's, there's a horrific murder. But um, some of the characters on the show, they're, they're two black children who are adopted into a Danish family. It doesn't seem to be a huge pop point at this point. I've only seen two episodes. But it's fascinating to see these children of color in a movie set in in Daneland, Denmark. And what's this last one? Uh, it's, <laughs> it's All I See. Uh, so All uh, I See is you. All I See, yeah. Uh, I, all I See is not the right title. Um, so I'm going to read the description. It's Blake Lively. <laughs> what is with you and this girl? I know, that's why I said... You love her more than her husband why, does um, right now. That's why I'm reading it, because I am ashamed... Because I saw The Age of Adeline, which I loved, and then I saw The Shallows, which I should be We've already for. talked about it on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Moving on. Yeah, so I'm, I'm just, I'm not, I am not, I'm not hiding what I feel. So Blake Lively and Jason Clark star in this thriller from director Mark Forrester, and Mark Forrester is the reason. So the director of Monsters Ball and World War Z. I love this guy. Um, he also uh, directed, I think, Finding Neverland. Um, so it's about a blind woman who regains her sight and begins to discover disturbing new de- new details about her marriage and her life. Now, mind you, this is not a, this isn't a topic. It's not like she is like, oh, wow, the house is really messy. No, I think maybe, in my mind, her husband is fucking someone right in front of her all the time, and he doesn't know Know that that she she has her sight back. Ooh. But I'm making that up. But that's oh, but that's what you, you think it's going. I think it's just like, oh, the house is really messy. But I, let's hope it's my version and not your version, because that would be really, can you imagine? That would be really cool. I should, actually, I should write this shit. I'm, save that idea. Put a pin in that. Um, and yeah, the, and the other one that I mentioned was Jean's, was Gene of the Joneses, um, and that's for the producers. Right. Floyd Kane, friend of the yes, cast. Floyd, Floyd Kane. All right. Well, I think we'll stop there for today mm-hmm. for how the picking gets plucked because, you know, honestly, we've had a few and we want to save something for next week. Yep. And that's as they have more the announced. In the tank. As they have more announcements, we'll actually have more data in these uh, subgroupings because they announce chunks leading up to the festival, and then you get like the full, you know, three to four hundred or whatever, like when the program book comes out at the end of August. Yes, and I'm hoping that some of these, uh, there are not that many trailers available. There is a YouTube channel that is TIFF Trailers, I believe. Um, 
but most of these are based purely on the criteria that I've, that I've mentioned. Um, Without knowing the programmer, yeah, but, she says, yeah. with a tone of slight panic. <laughs> uh, and without a trailer. So I might see a trailer and go, oh, God, no, I, I, I cannot. Um, but at this point, this, this is sort of my, my first kick at the can. Um, so it's actually it was a good exercise for me, too, because I do tend to panic when all the movies are released. And then I go into a coma, and I just pick movies based on the picture. Um, and famously when I had the book, I would make all my picks based on the first half of the book, uh, of course, skipping, uh, Canada first and wavelengths and any other bullshit nonsense. But, um, I would never, I never considered the books, uh, the movies that were at the end of the book because I would just get fatigued and I would have chosen my 25 movies and I'd be like, okay, I'm, I'm good. It's fine. It's good enough. It's good enough. So, uh, I'm glad that these picks aren't, um, although they are lumped at this point by, um, by program, um, at least I have like this first initial batch out of the way, so I don't have to think about them anymore. Dead air. Sorry, I got distracted. I was about to tweet at Jane, ask her how did I know what movie she picked, mm-hmm. and George Zimmerman is trending because he what got punched in the face <laughs> when he tried to brag about his uh, <laughs> Stop there. I'm already, it's already funny. Yeah, yeah. He said to so, brag about his what? He walked up to a man. Uh, he was ordering food at a Gator's Riverside Grill when he walked by a table several people and complimented a man's Confederate flag tattoos, according to the county sheriff's office. Was he being uh, a dick about it? No, no. I think he was probably into them. What? The man, Joseph Whitmer, thanked him and then said, aren't you that guy? Zimmerman said yes and pulled out his ID to prove who he was. Oh, my God. Do you know what I thought? Okay. That, what, no, just okay, let me okay, keep okay, reading. Okay, Whitmer asked about the Trayvon Martin case, and as Zimmerman started to explain that he fatally shot the unarmed team in self-defense, another man walked up and said, you're bragging about that? Zimmerman oh. told the man that he wasn't, but the man said, you better get the expletive out of here. A report shows Zimmerman told de- deputies who went back to his table where several of his friends were eating. Several minutes later, the man, who was only identified as Eddie, walked over to his table and mm, said, "Go ahead. didn't I tell you to get the expletive out of here? Zimmerman said he wasn't looking for trouble. <laughs> that's the first time. And that's when the man punched him in the face, breaking his glasses. Love it. Show. Oh, his glasses are broken. That's tough. You know what you can replace? Glasses. You know what you can't replace? A young black man. But actually, when you said that, I thought it was George Smitherman. <laughs> I was like, why was George Smitherman? That's why I was asking why he was, uh, why he was being ironic in, uh, so for those who don't know, George Smitherman is a Toronto uh, MP. Is, is he an MP? Or I don't know. He's a former mayoral candidate. Yeah, so he's either... A, Did he not lose to Rob Ford? But he's either a counselor or he's part of the provincial legislature. Basically, anyway. he's the reason Toronto people can't be too smug about Donald Trump. Yes, but uh, so when I you said George Smitherman, I heard George... Uh, so you said George Zimmerman. Zimmerman. I heard George Smither... Ugh. Listen, folks, we've had a few <laughs> drinks. I could have said one and she heard the other. Or yeah, vice so, I was like, so I could not understand yeah. what was happening. <laughs> Smitherman. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. So so this makes sense. I'm going to tweet at Jane. I'm going to find out how I know what movie she picked. Uh, We're going to pour one out. And by out, I mean down my throat in celebration to uh, George Zimmerman's glasses. Yes. And George Smitherman's um, forever being a part of our lives. Yes. The bridesmaid that Mm. ended up giving us the bride that was Rob Ford. May he rest. Yeah. That's all you need to say. May he rest. Yes. Yeah. So, 
Uh, we'll be back with the rest of Mel's taxonomy for how the picking gets done. And we'll be back with the rest of my taxonomy for how the pickings get picked. All right. Yeah, I'm just going to say that every time. And we're out. We're out.